Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry? Who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. All right, so today we have Alex Brown on the show. Alex is a Chicago-based hairstylist who works in her own private studio in Chicago's West Loop neighborhood. When she's not jetting off to New York and L.A. where she tends to the tresses of celebrity clientele, she worked for three years at the right hand of renowned hairstylist and business mogul Jen Atkin. While working for Jen, Alex styled hair all across the world, from London to Paris to Dubai and Sydney. I started following Alex when she opened her exclusive studio back in Chicago. I love her aesthetic and her passion for community over competition. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yes, yeah. So I've been following you and loving what you're doing here in Chicago, but I know that you've had quite a journey to get to Chicago, and I would love to hear more about how you got to today because you've had a really a bunch of really cool experiences. Even growing up when I was little, I always even wanted to be a hairstylist then. My sister's best friend went to beauty school when I was in seventh grade, and she started doing my hair in the beauty school, so I kind of like saw the world and became obsessed with it. So I was her guinea pig. She would color and cut my hair every shade you could imagine. I knew then that I loved doing hair, so I started doing prom and for like the seniors when I was in seventh grade, and I just always loved doing it. I would do my friend's hair and makeup and decided I didn't really want to do hair in my 116-person hometown. It was very like ma and pa shops, women under the dryers, just not something that I like dreamt of. After watching much MTV, I was like wanting to move to a bigger city and like just seeing that world was so not something of where I'm from. So I was like, oh, I have to like go do that. So when it was time to graduate high school, I actually, my sister and I wanted to move to a bigger city and LA seemed way too far from my hometown in Minnesota where I'm from and New York seemed too scary. So we're like, let's move to Chicago. I decided to go to beauty school here in Chicago. And right after beauty school, I got a job at a salon where I was an assistant for three years and then a stylist for three years. And I was working behind the chair and it was amazing. I I felt like I was very busy. I was making great money. I felt also though like it sort of became like factory work. It wasn't it wasn't enough for me for 23-year-old me. It just like wasn't enough. I always dreamt of moving to LA and doing celebrity work. It just always seemed so far away though or so out of my reach. But finally, after the 3 years of being a stylist there, actually a couple girls from my salon approached me and said, "Jen Atkin is having a class, a styling class hands-on in Toronto and a few of us want to go like would you want to come with and I thought about it and I wasn't huge into Instagram yet um it was kind of when everyone was becoming more popular and like the hair world on Instagram and Jen of course was like the biggest one so I, I started following her and I was thinking about the class it was very expensive so I was like if I go to this class like th- the way that I thought was like I have to get a job with her like which is psycho, but it's amazing. I was so I'm kind of getting teary-eyed. No, <laughs> I it was just so I was so stuck at the salon in the same world, and I just knew that I wanted more. So I was like, this could be my opportunity, right? We went to the class at the class on lunch break. I couldn't obviously let my friends know that I wanted to go and talk to her about getting a job with her because in the salon world, you can't let anyone know you ever even think about leaving because it's instant fear for them. I. 
approached Jen's assistant at the time on lunch break and I was like, how did you get a job with her? It's my dream to work for her. Honestly, when the, the class started with Jen, I was so like drawn to her. Like the way that she worked, everything she just made sense to me. I was like trained a very like technical way of cutting and styling that I really didn't even understand why I was doing half the things that I was doing with layering hair and holding it at 90 degrees and 45. And, and it's like, I knew that that's what I was supposed to do, but I didn't know like why I was doing it, honestly. And so watching her work the first half of the class before lunch, I was just became literally obsessed. I was like, she's amazing. The way that she's curling and making waves. And it was so different than what I had seen that I was like, okay, I, this has to be it, you know? So, and yeah, like I said, on lunch break, I approached her assistant and she said to me, if you ever move to LA, just let me know. I'll take, take down my email address and let me know if you're there and I'll see if we need anyone. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, she probably says that to everyone that asks. I'm sure everybody asks. And Believe it or not, I moved to LA six months after that class, but like two months before I moved, I emailed that assistant and I was like, hey, I don't know anyone in LA. What are good areas to live in? Or just so she would remember me though too. And she emailed me back, gave me tons of great ideas and I moved to LA. And I, like four days after I moved to LA, I was in FedEx printing off like 50 resumes because I was just going to go, I didn't have a job, so I was going to go any salon, like anywhere to get a job because I had to pay rent. As the resumes were printing, I was scrolling through my Instagram and at that moment, her assistant commented on one of my pictures and said, hey Alex, are you in LA yet? We need someone tomorrow. And like, if that is not great timing, I don't know what is. I instantly started bawling hysterically. I left the resumes printing and ran to my car and called everyone I knew because because of my experience of assisting in Chicago and I was at a very strict, amazingly training program salon that I was like, that prepared me for that moment, you know? And so... I knew, like, I knew if I had the opportunity, like, I could make this happen. So it was like, even though I hadn't got the job yet, I was like, I got the job. Like, I just felt like it was, like, meant to be. I truly felt that way. So the next day, it's so funny, it's kind of a long story, but I was supposed to meet her at the salon. She had one salon day, maybe like three or four times a year. And we were going to work in the salon. And I was like, that's perfect. Cause I only know the salon. She said, meet me at the salon at 11. The assistant said, so I, you know, I'm like taking my morning, like peacefully. I went for a hike at like the top of Runyon Canyon. I get a call from the assistant saying, Hey, can you actually come right now? And I think you like, ran so fast down that like hill. It's like 9.30 in the morning. I am sprinting down Runyon Cannon, like laughing hysterically because it's just like, oh, wow, I can't even shower, get ready. Like I wanted it to be so perfect and it was just like such a mess. So yeah, I ended up going to the salon and assisting her throughout the day. There were two other assistants and myself and, you know, it's like they don't necessarily train you like you just kind of go with the flow see how they're working luckily it was very similar to how I was trained so I picked up on little things I remember specific time like Jen even first talked to me it was like I saw she was spraying like a detangling spray in the clients before she would brush them out to comb them so I started misting the client with the detangling spray put it down and walked away and Jen looked up at me and goes you're really good and I literally like ran away wanting to just die. <laughs> wow. So that was like 
the first day of assisting her, at the end of the day, you know, I asked the manager at that salon if that they were hiring because I still needed a job. It was nothing was confirmed. And as I was asking him, Jen looked at him and said, she doesn't need a job. Like, she's now my assistant. And I was just like, ah, this is my life, you know? And it was yeah. truly my dream in life is, like, coming true. You know what I mean? So it was just a very exciting time and scary. And I will do whatever it takes to make this happen. You know what I mean? So that's why I moved to LA and I knew that I was going to be ready for it. That's so, crazy. Yeah. I feel like that's just an example of the universe moves quickly once you decide. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like that's you so decided true. you got out there like, and then it was like, all right, cool. She did what she, she took the, the risk. She went off on uh, into the unknown. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. And it even was the way, even the way that you say at the end of the first day that Jen was like, she doesn't need a job. You're like, am I in a fucking movie? Literally. Like it's it insane. was, it was insane. It was like, and then it's like everything that I would like dream of keep happening like kept happening and it was like you know the other assistants she has her first assistant her second assistant and then me who's like the new girl and you know I would see them going to celebrity homes with Jen and I was that would have of course I like I want to do that and then like a week later that's me and it's like how is this ever gonna stop because like it's just everything that I ever wanted since literally I was like 10 yes. you know it's like so did you, did you assist for three years in Chicago even before you decided to to go or were you on the floor for three years? No, yeah. So I was an assistant for three years. So in order to become a stylist at the salon I was at, you had to do their training program, which was three years. So every Tuesday night we would have classes and I assisted two guys at the salon that were very, very successful hairstylists. And they're both very different, but they both taught me so much about what I needed to know. So it was such a great place to start my career and it definitely like prepared me for yeah, LA. I, I don't think most people are willing to assist for three years and then turn around and assist again. So I just, I, I just uh, think think that <laughs> says a lot about you and like the work that you're doing today and like all of that. It's like you, you, you put in more time than most people would be willing to do. So I think that that speaks volumes. Yeah, I think it's so important. Like I knew I, I wasn't just going to be moving to LA and just get thrown into the industry how I wanted to. So it was like if I wanted to do a celebrity hair, I needed to start anywhere I would, you know? I think that's amazing. I just think there's so many people that would want to do what you're doing, but wouldn't want to do what you did to get there. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Like, I think that there are people that do because like, no, look at the world we're in. But I also just think there's so many people that look at your life or look at the work that you've done and didn't want to do the grunt work that you did. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And it looks so much more glamorous, especially on Instagram and like seeing it from the outside. But you know, it was literally 24 seven. And I think it was just the perfect time of my life, timing wise for me and what I wanted that I was willing to do 24 seven, you know, like that was my like growth training period to get me to where I really wanted to be. Yeah. That's cool. I can remember. Also, we didn't make this connection, but I'm from Minnesota also. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I went to Aveda, Minneapolis, and then I moved here, worked at my first salon, assisted for like 13 months, and then became a colorist. That's amazing that we're both from Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. But 
um, but no, what I was going to say is I can remember like being, you know, busy and successful at my salon and being like, I feel like there's more, I feel like there's more. And then I, what I did one day is I went to like a really high end salon in Chicago and I shadowed for a day uh-huh. and it was so cool because I got to see what it would like, what it would be like to start over there. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, get the color off that person's hairline, like grab this, grab that. And I was like, everyone here is wearing smocks. I thought this was a high-end salon. And then I went back to work being like the one of like the top colorists and having my own assistants. And, and, and I was like, that was so helpful to deciding like what I wanted my life to be. Yeah, yeah, And, you know, just like seeing that, having those different experiences. Oh, for and sure. Being like, okay, I was a nobody in the beginning of the day. And then I walked in here. <laughs> people know who I am and like, you know, stuff like that. But so you were saying about how people think it looks so glamorous and that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more lugging and things like that oh, that yeah. people don't talk about. So what would you say is something that you think that people don't see that, you know, is something that doing celebrity hair is, or just traveling. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely, I mean, there are glamorous moments. Don't get me wrong. There are moments where you're like, is this my life? How did I get here? But I think behind the scenes, even for hugely successful people like Jen, it's like people don't see all the time and like last minute scheduling like put into their day. We would honestly get call times very last minute and you just kind of always have to be ready. We would get booked on like trips across the world very last minute and you just kind of have to be willing to alter your life to accommodate that all the time which can be very stressful yeah I just think the long hours and the jet lag it's like we would fly say we would fly to Dubai and um I remember one time we we worked in an all-women's hair salon there it was like the coolest I experience follow, I ever. I that, and it looks really cool. Yeah. Oh, it's so amazing. Like, their whole culture. Dubai is just amazing. I never even thought I would go there. I remember one time we went and we worked, we landed, and because of the time difference, it's basically morning in LA when you land there, but it's night, so you're not even ready to sleep, and then we had to get up in the morning and go to the salon and work a 12-hour day, so in four days, we did 92 people. And That's like what I do in a month. Yeah, no, it, it's just insane. It's it's so fun though, and it's definitely like off of adrenaline and a lot of coffee. But it's just it's so exhausting. Like I think people don't think about like how you actually feel when you're jet lagged, you know, and just the nonstop schedule, you know, landing and going straight to a client, or it's just it's a lot. Yeah, and you think about the kind of assistance that she would need. Like she wouldn't or anyone in that role, they wouldn't wouldn't want someone that's like, I'm tired. It's like, no shit. Yeah. Like Like you, you need people that are like ride or die. Like, yes, you figure it out. You know what I mean? There's always going to be bumps along the road, even like car pickups and scheduling flights. Yes. When the flights are canceled or delayed and you miss your connection and then you have a client waiting for you when you land, it's like, there could be so many things that can go wrong and you just kind of always have to be ready to like go with the flow of what happens. And I think people, when they're like, oh, my flight's canceled, it's like the end of the world. For us, it was like, all right, let's figure it out. You got to keep moving, you know? So there is definitely no like real downtime until you're in the air (laughs) with no Wi-Fi. That sounds like a gift (laughs) in disguise. But yeah, so what would you say was like the biggest takeaway from that time in your career? Because now you've turned around and you have your own business here in Chicago. What would you say out of everything you learned from working for Jen or, you know, in that kind of world that you've taken back now to how you 
operate your own business and your own life? I think like on a deeper level, what I took away from the whole experience is like, I've realized what truly makes me happy. And it isn't what my dream has always been, sadly. And that was really hard to also like take in because that's what I thought I always wanted. I could have easily stayed and lived that lifestyle. And honestly, that's what I thought I was going to do when I moved there. And I think over time, I, I I don't know. I always feel like it's like you always want what you don't have. And it was like I would see my friends ha- having their weddings and bridal showers and baby showers. And it's like, oh my gosh, I like miss family things and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, over here I am at like Paris Fashion Week and they're like, Alex, shut up. You're fine. And it's like, no, like that is what I actually want, you know? And I think realizing that was like a huge crazy feeling for me because I, I always thought what I wanted was what I had, you know? So on a deeper level, it's like, yeah. I've really learned what I want in life and what like satisfies me. But of course, I mean, business wise, I mean, Jen is like your go-to person for multitasking, like running a schedule and like putting ideas out there that like she actually does and gets them done. We would be around a table and have all these crazy ideas and like they actually like come to life. You know, it's not just written down on paper. Like Main Addicts, you know, her her hair website. It's yeah. like, it's cool just to see like someone actually doing what they're say, saying they're going to do. Because I always have had ideas and stuff and it's like they just feel like ideas. But when you see someone actually like do them, it's very, very inspiring. Like, yeah, it's like empowering. You're like, if yeah. she's just thought of this or whatever it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's like, this becomes a thing. It's like, I can probably do more than I'm doing. Definitely. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Like, when I first started with her, way wasn't way yet, you yeah. know? And it was so cool to see her have her ideas and see it literally go from nothing to what it is today. It's such a huge, amazing product line. Yeah, it's really... It's cool to see that. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about how you always thought what your dream was, and then you lived that, and you realized it wasn't what actually was going to make you happy. Yeah. Because I think that that's something that I think most people I talk to, they're really honest with themselves. That's been their experience, too. And I know for me, like, I just thought that being a colorist was going to be it, and it was going to, like, make me so happy. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, like, wait, I have no personal life, and, like... I don't think that this is going to be enough. Like it looks good and it's like fulfills one part of me, but there's Mm -hmm. like a whole nother part that's just really been like neglected and like malnourished. Yes, totally. And I think like finding balance with all of that, it doesn't really come until like later in life. Like the older I get, the more I'm realizing like, I really need balance before I like, you know, exhaust myself to where I don't like anything. Yeah, and I think, it, like you're saying, it's like all part of the journey because like you had to believe that's what you wanted to even get to where you got to. Totally. And so it's like it's all a part of the journey because like I feel like I had to go through everything I've gone through to be like, oh, wait, I do want to just be off on Saturdays. Yes. And like, like I was talking to someone about like your ego and like how... You know, like there's a lot of pride in being like the person that people say like, oh, no one can touch my hair but you, no one. Mm-hmm. And it, like, I know that I got a lot of my like worth from that, but it's like, it's kind of your ego. And like, if you yeah. really strip that away, like what is actually beating your soul? Yeah. And like, could that be in the salon four days a week or five days a week and like Saturday nights with your family or friends? So, right. yeah. So as far as now that you made you decided like okay I, I want to be back in Chicago and I don't want this life so how did you so then you decide that but then what like how do you where do you go from there yeah I mean 
I do think though, even with myself now having assistance, I do think that it's really, I don't know, someone who eventually wants to be a hairstylist, I don't think can be an assistant forever. You know, like you're going to want growth in yourself. It's great to like cater and help someone create all of their dreams and everything. But like, eventually you're going to want that for yourself. And I kind of got to that point, like, yeah, almost three years in, I would say. And it was just kind of like, okay, I'm like ready to sort of have my life back as much as honestly, like working for Jen was the best thing ever. But at the end of the day, it's like, holy cow, I, I have my life too. So yeah, I kind of thought to myself, like, I didn't see myself in LA forever. I kind of missed a city feeling. I missed like Midwestern people. I missed the feeling of like a homey environment. And even when I was living in LA, we would be traveling all the time. So it never felt like a homey place to me. And I missed that feeling for sure. Um, So I thought to myself, even if I stayed, say, five more years, in five more years, I'm going to have to re-up my whole business when I do move. So it was like, I felt like I had had enough and I was ready to reinvent my business in Chicago now rather than in five years or 10 years, the older I got. Um, I remember that feeling too, and I haven't felt like that in a while, but being like, all right, if I'm going to have to turn this thing around again, like I'm only getting older and I'm going to be 32, but it's more just like, I totally get that feeling of being like, all right, let's let's like pull up ourselves up by our bootstraps and let's do this. Like it just only feels like it would get harder. Yeah, exactly. And also, you get. Um, I think you're so much more needed too. Like the longer you're in, the longer you're working somewhere. I mean, people just rely on you for their hair. Like it's harder like, to leave. Yeah, it's just it's so much harder to leave. So yeah, I felt like it was it was great. And there is nothing else. I feel like from like that dream of mine that I feel like I haven't accomplished. So that's a really great feeling too, but now it sets like a whole new standard of goals and other things that I want to do with my career and life in general. So it's kind of nice to like have that and have had that, but exciting for like the new Yeah, it's like a new chapter. Yeah, exactly. You literally like turned a page and that that is like only makes your story that much cooler, but now it's like, I'm not trying to have this live up to that. It's just going to be different. I Exactly. And I think that was also kind of hard to swallow too, was like, that almost felt like, holy shit, it can't get better than right. this. And it's your identity. Yeah, like your yeah. identity is wrapped up in all of your work. Exactly. You know? So, but for me, it's like, it could get so much better in a different way, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. so yeah. So now I'm excited. I'm back here and I opened up a hair studio. I knew that I didn't want I didn't want someone to tell me where or when I had to be anywhere ever again in my life. Like I was an assistant for six years and that's giving your all to someone else. Yeah. And it was like, I'm so ready to like do this on my own. I feel very motivated. It's not like I'm quitting at life. It's like, finally I get to do this on my own time and my own schedule yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have a studio. There's two chairs in there. I basically rotate between chairs. I take clients every 30 minutes and I just do what I love in a very chill environment that feels homey. So how does that work? Do you have like an assistant that is working in tandem with you? Yeah, exactly. So I actually do it the same way that I 
was taught with Jen. So basically a client shows up, you have a consultation, get them started. While I'm wet cutting, most likely the second client's going to come in, have her consultation. And when I'm done wet cutting the first one, my assistant will start to blow dry that client while I am then wet cutting the second client. And it's just this rotation of work. Yeah. So a lot of times though, I feel like I am a very fast worker in general. I from doing and always kind of being under pressure, I just naturally work fast and efficiently. I and I like that. It's like I don't feel like this day and age women want to sit in the hair salon. It's like we have so many things to do. We have women with kids and careers and like that should just be a quick stop, but like still making them feel yeah, like they want to hide they want to have like a quality experience. Yes. But I don't think that they there's any value. I feel like part of what I feel like like my prices reflect is how quickly I can do the same quality of work. Exactly. I had a client that went to my uh, my first salon I ever worked at, and she's like, yeah. I said, well, what do you like about seeing me better than going there? Yeah. And she just said, that, like, this, I got someone new, and it looked great, but I was there for three hours. Oh. And I was like, I can get you in and out an hour and 30. Yeah. So it's like... I sometimes think that's kind of what you're paying for too. Definitely that level of nowadays. Expertise? Even when I go somewhere, I don't want to be sitting. In there. You know, we yeah. we have so much to do. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool way to work. Yeah, I, I was curious about that because I saw that on on your online scheduler that that there were 30 minutes, and I was like, I I knew you had a method to your madness. I was just curious about it. Yeah, and even when I say that my assistant is blow drying, it's like I'm training my assistants. They're constantly watching me, and a lot of times I'm blow drying with them because I am so f- fast with clients that. I actually can blow dry with them before the next client even gets there. So a lot of times it's just them helping me out to like make the process go faster, but it's not like my assistant is doing their hair. So how many people do you see on a given day? So it kind of depends. Now that I can set my own schedule, I don't have... Like I'll randomly take a day off here or there. It, I don't want every week to feel the same, so I'll take a Monday off or a Tuesday off. I always have Sunday off for the most part. Um, so I mean... On a Saturday, I'll work from eight to five, so that's nine hours, so two clients an hour. I mean, like eight, yeah. 18 people on a Saturday. If there's a little gap here or there, if there's a cancellation, I'll definitely leave it open for just a second to breathe or catch yeah, up yeah. or something too. So just kind of depends. During the week, maybe I'll only want to work three hours, and that's still six people. Right. Today, I'm going in, and I have five people, and it's in three hours. So yeah. you know, it's just like right. whatever I want. Yeah, I mean, it still probably feels like the, the pace of it must feel really chill compared to the life you were living, right? So it's like in comparison, it's like for a stylist that's used to having someone that's running their schedule for them, that might feel chaotic. But when you're, it's all all like your lens. So the lens you view it through compared to what you were doing in LA, like this is super chill. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like... I love a chill feeling. Like, don't no, get me wrong. I feel I like it love... doesn't sound chill. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's chill in comparison yeah, to, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that it sounds very type A, very, very, like... See, that's the thing. I love structure, and yeah. I love, like, having... Yeah, I love having structure, and I felt like that was something I was missing with my scheduling in LA, and now that I can have that's structure, cool. it's, it's nice, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so... As far as like your studio goes, you know, there's all these like salon lofts and things, but what I think is cool about your place, which is kind of like mine, is that it's its own, it has its own front door and it's kind of just like a, yeah. it looks like a really just like cozy, cute, like high-end studio. And I love the little gold plate outside. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I got that as inspo. Actually, we were uh, in Paris and we were going to just different salons to check them out. And 
I remember seeing that at one of the salons and I was like, that's so cool. And just a little more low key than your average corporate kind of flashy yeah, salon yeah. that we see a lot of too. So yeah, I like, I wanted it to feel like my own. I didn't want it to feel like a regular kind of louder, chaotic salon, just a little more personable and intimate. So I kind of feel like that's the way our industry is going in general is like now that it's so much easier to run your own business, really, with all these apps out there and um, easy ways to check clients out and Venmo. And there are just so many easier things on our phones that allow us to work on our own. I feel like a lot of stylists want that because we are technically artists and that type of person doesn't want to really have like all these rules that a lot of salons have to have. Limited vacation days and set hours, even if you don't have clients and you're sitting in a chair for four hours and you don't have anyone. It's like, it's cool that like you can set your own hours and you can, it actually makes you want to hustle harder because it's all for you. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think it can make a lot more people successful too. Yeah, I think it's definitely changing in a really cool way because I feel like, you know, like, you realize, well, at least I have when I've switched salons, I realize how much of my own business I was running without even knowing it. Yeah. Because like all these people are, yeah, they, they came for the place because they knew the name or whatever. But then after that, then it's like, then they become like your business. And then I feel like I went, worked a couple places and realized like, wow, like these people really come with me and like for I, you, for me. Yeah. And I think that the cool thing about the industry changing is that people are starting to actually really look at their job as a hairstylist or a hair colorist and be like, wow, like I'm my own business. Like I'm going to put my clients in a spreadsheet. I'm going to look at what I'm actually mm-hmm. doing. And mm-hmm. it's taking this really cool turn where people are starting to like really take a lot of ownership in the business itself because you know, in a traditional setting, you're not really taught that. And it, and you're not taught how to schedule. You're not taught how to optimize your time. And like you're saying, like to be able to take three weeks off and then to turn around and see 18 people a day, like you can do that. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of us, I don't know if we knew we could or it's just like the way the industry is changing with all the suites and stuff. Definitely. I just think it's exciting. Yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah. So what would you say as far as... You've got your cocktails and collaboration events that you've put on in Chicago, and I'm psyched to get to go to this next one. But what are you what are you hoping to do with that? Since I haven't been to one, yeah, I mean, I f- truly felt like living in LA. Everyone, for the most part, not everyone. There are of course salons, but a lot of the stylists there are freelance. It's just like I still had so many friends that were freelance hairstylists, but it never felt like we were like competing against each other. I think even with celebrity work, I think people think that celebrities have one hairstylist or something, but no, there's maybe 10 hairstylists that all do that client. It's not necessarily their client. And it's just maybe whoever is available to do that person at that time. So I just felt like it was a lot more like sharing and like open there and people aren't so competitive in the industry. Especially with Instagram now, I feel like we all kind of follow each other but have never met too. So especially in Chicago, I still feel like we're a little behind in that world because we all work in salons for the most part. And I feel like salons kind of don't necessarily want you to know anyone from other salons. Maybe it would take away from their salon business or something. But I think that if you know someone at another salon who is amazing with redheads, why would you not send your client to that colorist? And then eventually, say they're going to get a blowout after that color, there's more money for your salon. It's like, and that's 
my client from my salon going to your salon and now giving you money. So for all doing that, that's literally building the whole everyone's business. And I think that when you kind of close yourself into your salon only, it just becomes like smaller over time, you know? So yeah, my whole thing is just, I just wish people would, yeah, be more, yeah, more open to that here in Chicago. So that's yeah, what the events are for. Yeah, I to know if you thought, what you thought of Chicago, because I definitely have been on my own here for like the last like six years. And there's definitely people that I'm like, oh, I know that person's cool. I could reach out to them. But it does to me in a lot of ways feel like you leave your salon and it's like you kind of leave the people with it. You know what I mean? I I guess I never really thought of it like that until I'm just saying this out loud. But I feel from like when I what I observe, what I like about what you were saying and like kind of like about L.A. is it does seem to me from just observing and like following different colorists and stylists that they're really like they do collaborate there. And it's like, oh, Justin Anderson's doing this person's color this time. And then next time, like, you know, like someone else is going to do it. And I and I I kind of had made this analysis myself saying, like, I think New York seems more guarded about their clients. And I have taken classes with some of like the celebrity style colorists in New York. And I'm a little taken aback by how they're a little bit more like they don't want to tell their secrets. And I feel like in LA, I get the vibe that like, Hey, they aren't aren't secrets. Like they're coming to me because I'm me. Exactly. I mean, a formula is a formula. I mean, yeah, you see Tracy Cunningham literally putting out her formulas. Like she's trying to help everyone be great, you know? And like, why wouldn't you do that? Right. I truly don't like. It's just such an old school way that has got to end. Yeah, do you think <laughs> it, it just it looks so. You look so insecure, and you just look scared when you act that way. I feel like yeah, from an outsider's view. No, I, right. But so, do you think that it is changing here in Chicago? I think so. I mean, I think with Instagram. It's hard because we aren't a huge industry for Instagram necessarily. I mean, I, a lot of people like to see the celebrity world and yeah. that whole thing. So I do think, though, with Instagram, it is changing here. Yeah. Um, I just think these huge high-end salons just have to be willing to like grow with the industry rather than Yeah, because I don't... Put. Like, I, saw, I heard something Elizabeth Fay said in her podcast... Um, hair love radio she was saying she feels like it is shifting and that people are starting to be more community over competition and if you don't get on board you kind of are going to be left behind like it's going to be kind of like old-fashioned and kind of like oh that's so sad for you like yeah like I'm gonna go hang out with my 20 hairstylist friends well you know what yeah it's like even when I left Chicago for LA I didn't even realize how many amazing cool salons and like colorists and stylists there were in the city because I didn't know anyone outside of my salon. I mean, literally, I didn't know anyone. Do you remember going to, like, well, I can think of, like, going to events where other salons were there. Or, like, you know, even, like, the Midwest show and thinking, like, I work at the best place. Yes, and you're looking around, like, they're all just, like, little... Yeah, and and you're kind of like, how sad for them. Yeah. And that's That's just, like, the mind train to be... Yes. Why is that even a thing? I don't know. Now I'm a free agent. I go everywhere alone, and I'm like, hey... 
I'm on my own. I know. Or when you go to places and you see your friends, like, hello, that's a whole different feeling. Yeah. And I feel, yeah, I feel like that's like, that's like a shift I've made is like, I think I've always kind of been like, kind of like a, I don't want to say loner because I'm social, but I feel like I've always kind of liked being kind of a lone wolf or like a free agent going around. And I think that like I bought into the drinking that you got to drink that Kool-Aid hard in the big salon. And if you stop drinking it and you like really actually honor who you are and you're like, you know. I think I can walk in alone and just like meet people and yeah. and it's it's like I I did that at hair camp and I I like did you see that hair camp thing? Mm. you would like it so it's it was this thing in Ohio for two hundred hairstylists it was in April it's going to be every year no way. and so the cool thing was is a ton of like celebrity stylists were teaching at it but they were like down to earth and the kind of people that it attracted were everyday people you know that like take their craft really seriously, but don't take themselves seriously. And I feel like that, to me, stuff like that, like cocktails and collaboration, things like hair camp, things where like people are just showing up as who they actually are and not the veneer of like, I work at blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's just like, that's so stupid. (laughs) No one cares where you work, honestly. It's like they're there for your talent and the way that you are to them. You know what I mean? I don't... Yes. Okay, so is there something you would say to someone who sees all the success you've had and feels discouraged or thinks that they could never do what you've done? Is there like one piece of advice that you would give someone? Definitely. And I think I 100% just think just go for it. Like you can literally build the life you want to have. And if you're not happy, you have to change something. Like you have to be willing to take risks. What are the worst things that could happen? You know, I mean, I moved there with no job. I knew I would get a job. You have to have that mindset. Like, I'm not going to not have a job. That's not who I am. Like, if you know you're a hustler and you're going to make it work, you're going to make it work. Put yourselves in positions where it will work. You know what I mean? Like, put yourself. No, it like it's going to work. It has to. And if it doesn't, you're not there yet. You know what I mean? So, I just think a lot of people think that everyone else is doing it, so they don't do it but then nobody's doing it. You know what I mean? So even finding assistance to replace me when I was finished with Jen, it's like you think you're getting like hundreds of emails for to apply for Jen's assistant. Like not necessarily. I don't it wasn't like an easy process to find new girls. And I truly think it's because everyone thinks someone else someone is already, else doing, is already it. doing it. Like no, they already like it's not going to be me. But like if you literally put yourself out there and you stay persistent and go for what you really want, you can make it happen. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> I think like when I think about like doing this podcast, I was like, there's already people doing this stuff. And, you know, you think about all the things you want to do. It's like, that's like maybe fear talking. Like, don't even try. Like you're going to, you're like six steps be- behind yeah. everyone else. But it's like, well, but those you- people started just like you did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. It's, you just have to go for it, you know? Yeah. Which sounds so cliche, but it's well, so true. I'm learning those quotes there. <laughs> someone made them up for a reason. For real. Yeah. So one other thing I wanted to ask you is, as far as like seeing your worth in the salon and, you know, you, you have like this six years of assisting to like back up like the prices that you, you charge and things like that. What would you say to someone who's struggling with, you know, maybe seeing their worth or struggling with their their clientele seeing their worth or and whatnot, like just like the hard the hard situation of talking money with clients, like mm-hmm. what would what what advice or tips do you have? I think obviously you need to charge what you truly think you should be making. I mean, basically as much time as you've put into your craft, 
Like you have to know your worth for sure and what you should actually be charging. If you don't feel like you're making enough or if you're not happy with your prices and you raise them and people aren't okay with that, you're actually going to end up happier because your clients will be the ones that know your worth. I don't want clients that don't want to pay my price. I am 100% fine with that because if you're not happy with my price, you're probably just not happy with my price. Like you don't feel like I should be charging what I'm charging. So you probably don't feel like I'm worth $200. So don't come to me. You know what I mean? It's like, go to someone who charges what you want to pay and that's what you're going to get. You know, someone who I'm charging $175 a haircut because I've put in six years as an assistant, three years as a stylist. And it's like, I've learned so many things though in during that time period that's only going to make me do your hair better. So it's not like I'm charging it just to charge it. Yeah. I mean, you didn't like, pull a number you, out of your ass. No, like and it is a scary thing. I didn't even want to charge that necessarily. I'm the type of person and I know so many stylists are where I'm like, "It's free. It's on me. Oh, it's your birthday. Here's a free blowout." Like I stop myself I, now. Like I'm like, "Oh, it's her birthday. I could yeah. I could pro bono." It's like, "Lindsay, I have like an inner voice talking all the time now going, don't be a dumbass. Like you don't oh. get your insurance for free, Lindsay. Come on. Like <laughs> Yeah, and you have to be that way. I mean, I am way too generous, but then again, it's like I also want people to come to me. I don't know. I didn't want it to be out of reach because I do want to have clients. Yeah. But it's just yeah, you have to come up with a number that you feel like is right for you and think of all of the classes you may have gone to or all the money you've put into these classes or all the years that you've worked with people. It's like you're not going to continue to charge what you ch- charge from the very beginning, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think about all the personal time that I've sacrificed in order to get my career where it's at. That that plays a role in my value. Totally. Yeah. And there's always going to be someone that's going to pay your your price. Like yeah. there is. So, yeah, it's like there's an art and a science, but I think that you you having the skill set, you having the experience, like people and I think it is changing with Instagram and whatnot with especially just with you know people like you that are you know putting it out there and showing what you're doing but also I, I think that people are like clients are starting to see the the, the art that is hair mm-hmm. and they come in with these pictures of like work that you've done or other people have done and it's like that took time like we're not doing we're not people aren't getting just one length haircuts anymore. They're getting these like really customized experiences. And I think that they know that that comes with a price tag and if, but they might try and push it sometimes, but they know, they know like, you know, like if they want that, like so much of like hair color is like these baby lights, like 400 foils being foiled for three hours. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to pay for that time. And Absolutely. I think, I think that that's a shift that's happening where it's becoming like not only skill, but also time. And I'm noticing it with like, for sure, hair color, how it's like, it used to be like a touch up, like, okay, a touch up's this price. But now it's like, wait a minute, as the industry is changing, as people are working for themselves, it's like an hour and a half in my chair is very different than a half an hour in a big salon Yeah, and their time and their worth and all of that. And I, I think that like just hearing you talk about it and being transparent about it, it's helpful because I think that it's something that's been so like hush hush. It and, is. And I don't. It, it can't be. People are. Grow. I think that we're just afraid of losing our clients. And I'm telling you, the ones that you want to lose are the ones that don't want to pay your price. Yeah, they're probably the ones that complain the most. They're the ones that always have an issue. There's the left side's always longer. You know. Yeah, and I think that the cool <laughs> thing and the cool perspective that you bring is that you've 
been behind the chair and then you left and then you've come back. And I think that it's hard to have the perspective that you have when you've like, for instance, like someone like me, it's like you've been behind the chair since you were 20 mm-hmm. and then you've never taken a break and these people have steadily grown with you. So there's almost like, I don't want to say, it's just like you don't have that like you don't have the ability to zoom out and see it for what it is. Yeah, I think that's harder. Like I think yours would be much harder having yeah. the same clients for ten years who did once pay a certain price and now they're they're paying another price. It's like it, I think it's harder for them to see your growth. And I because they're not with you every day seeing it. They're seeing you every you know six yeah. weeks when they come in or whatever. So yeah, and that's why I think your your experience and your perspective. It's like okay, thank you for saying that because you like it's almost like your your viewpoint of it is just a little more subjective. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when you're behind the chair, like seeing the same people, and then also like you want to have a personal life, so it's not like you're like oh yeah, marriage is in the shitter. You know, like yeah. I don't want to have that conversation with people, nor should you necessarily unless right. it's people you really trust. And right. so then it's like, you almost feel like you owe people an explanation or you, and it's like, it's so hard. It's like, look at all the things that I haven't done because I've been here or look at all the classes I've taken. It's almost like you feel like you need to be giving like a resume of like, this is why I'm charging so much. Look at this. I know. And, it's like, and it's, that's not a good feeling. No. It's like, these people have to be willing to like know why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know? That's why I think that going to the cocktails and collaboration and just having that perspective and being around people that haven't had the same road and the same journey as you is so important because it's like, I could be struggling with something that you don't struggle with. Exactly. And then I can be like, oh, what do you do when this happens? And it's like, Like, handle it. Yeah. Or like, I never even thought of doing that. Like I found myself saying that at these events, like just talking with other people or vice versa. We agree on the same things and it's so relieving knowing that someone else is going through what you're going through. That's also a great feeling too. So yeah, it's so cool. Well, so people that want to go to cocktails and collaboration, what can, where can they find that? What can they do? Yeah. So on my Instagram, I'm posting it on my story a lot. Um, basically you email bookings at alexbrownhair.com and that's your way to purchase your ticket. So, awesome. And I yeah. can't wait to go. I'm so excited. I'm curious to see if I'm going to know anyone because I think I looked back at your last one and I think I saw one of my friends, Devin, there. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And she works at, uh, I think it's Thrive Collective in, in one of the lofts. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Maybe yeah. in Randolph. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm excited because I mean, there's even people that I saw that were at your class that I'm like, oh, I follow them. And I think that's just cool. And like, I think that like, I have a friend who started kind of like a meetup group in Indianapolis and people, I feel like it's something's brewing. It's just like, I just feel like it's like little connectors are like popping up everywhere. Totally. And yeah, it's so great. Like I said earlier, it's just so great to meet other people that I, if like there's a service I don't do that I can send my, to my friend, you know what I mean? That's so much more reassuring to know that my client is in good hands going to someone that you know. So, so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time. We know you're busy. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah. Thank you. My first podcast. Yeah.